somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Chewy, we're home. What is up, everybody? Welcome to a very special edition of Walking Carpet. We are going to talk about Catalyst, a Rogue One story. Uh, that is the novel, the lead-in, tie-in to Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, it is our very special spoiler cast. So if you have not read the book, spoilers, 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 do not listen to this. Uh, but no Rogue One spoilers, so you're free on that front. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, my good man, Jeff Beta. How are you, buddy? Good, Josiah. How you doing, man? <laughs> very good. Uh, we are flying solo together. It's be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm doing the Chewy thing today. I'm, I'm liking it. <laughs> You are the Chewbacca to my Han Solo beta. All right, that's good. I'll take it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we're a few days away from Rogue One. We just released our Rogue One preview uh, earlier this week, so go listen to that on iTunes and SoundCloud. But Beta and I are going to unwrap everything from uh, this story here. Why don't we start with initial thoughts? What did you think of the book overall? Well, you know, I like to think of it, uh, first of all, it was fantastic. I mean, I have not read a lot of Star Wars uh, fiction as far as books. I read a lot of the X-Wing series, so that's where I'm coming from. Uh, so I love a good space flight. I like a good uh, dogfight, and I've, I've read the action stuff. This felt nitty-gritty. Uh, I liked the way that the world built in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I felt like we got a really cool transition. We'll talk about this. From the Clone Wars era into the Empire. You know, uh, bringing in um, elements from the prequels that, you know, they have to pick and choose. They got to cherry pick the best from the prequels. I think they did here. And they really brought some interesting stuff in. Uh, and I just really enjoyed it. I think we got a great new character, a great story arc. Um Overall, uh, for and I, I'm going to call it a primer. I'm going to call it a Rogue One primer book. That's I good. Really enjoyed it overall. I'm with you there. I really uh, overall I enjoyed this. I thought it was honestly, if I'm ob- objective, it was it was slow at times. Yeah. Um, there were certain things. That, you know what? It wasn't action heavy, and that's okay. It doesn't have to be action heavy all the time because this is the inner workings of the beginning, the birth of the Empire. So it's something that. Is a little bit different from what we've seen in, in maybe some of the other new canon books. You know, it almost felt like it's like it almost felt like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy without <laughs> the humor. <laughs> sure, it kind of you know what I mean. It's very straightforward. There's very little humor in very this. Very little humor and a lot of traveling. We're seeing a lot of different things really quick. Um, it does change gears quite a bit. It does, and and we get a lot of new species right off the bat. We get a new species, and they don't they do a good job of describing them at points. So sometimes they just kind of glaze it over. Sure, um, and. Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought that there could have been a little more description there. I don't. I'm not. It's not a perfect book by any means, but I do love a good sci-fi novel, and I feel like this did its own as a sci-fi novel. I think it's a very good, uh, like you said, it's a primer for yeah. the the upcoming movie because you and I have a very good idea of who Orson Krennic is. Oh, absolutely. So when we see him on screen later this week, holy crap! It's, it's gonna awesome. it's gonna drive it's gonna drive me insane because you don't. Yeah, you've got. See for this for me, immeasurable power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think oh. we've got. We've got now, as readers of this book, and if you do decide to read this book, I highly recommend it, uh, if you can see it before, uh, before the movie, because you get this fleshed out um, relationships. I don't even say one of the characters, the relationships between them, and how they act uh, against each other, and how they act against the new empire, and it really heightens, I feel it's going to heighten the movie entirely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, really into it. So, want to talk about some characters? Let's dive into characters. Right. Uh, obviously... 
uh, the the protagonist of the book, the father of the protagonist in Rogue One, yes. is Galen Erso. Also, just a quick plug, go to youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. I did a geek bit on uh, Galen Erso and the meaning, uh, origin of his name. So check that out. It's a, it's a minute or less. Interesting. But, I didn't get a chance to see it yet. What, just real quick, so, origins. Uh, Galen is actually derived in the, in the Star Wars universe uh, from the past canon in the Force Unleashed video game. Oh, really? Uh, Galen Merrick was the main oh, yeah, character yeah, yeah. of that game. Sure, sure. Uh, he was, ironically, uh, known as Starkiller. Yes. Galen Erso in this is essentially one of the fathers of the Death Star. Right. And... Uh, it's funny to think that in the video game Force Unleashed, Galen Merrick, his code name is Star Killer, which right. is now Star Killer Base. Yeah. So there's a super weapons connection there. <laughs> they really just they they mined the heck out of that game. <laughs> yes. To make it good, you know, to get to get a new cannon. <laughs> they they're did. not gonna give they're not gonna give the cloning thing away just yet, but they they'll put everything else in. Did you hear by the way? A little off topic, but video Battle games. Yeah. Battlefront Two is going to have uh, a campaign. I want it. I, I want battle. I want Battlefield, the new Battlefield One. That's the that's the yep. newest one. I want that campaign style for for the new one for Star Wars I want Battlefront. He- I want heroes to have a little story arc. That would be fun. Yes. Uh, and I don't know. I just that game just hit me right in the nostalgia bone. Like you hit your funny bone real hard. Oh yeah. You know, and you felt it. You heard everything. And I, you know, I was talking about like what I want for Christmas. I was like, man, the expansions would be cool. I just didn't buy them off the gate because I wasn't ready for them. I don't know. Sure. And uh, especially, especially the the Scarif uh, add-on for Rogue One looks really good. I need to pick that back up. Yeah, I've, I've got it on PS4. I've got to get going again. Well, we've got our club, uh, the Geekiverse Club. If That's you right. Want, if everyone's listening, want to join that? You've got an Xbox One. Uh, maybe we can get a couple people on. We can do a group. That would be that makes what makes the games fun. Makes We'd love to play with you. Yeah, you know, great. you'd be on a Geek Play, which is our Let's Play style video. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, we're way off. Good, now. good information there. <laughs> We're way off. <laughs> so, Galen, thanks to the the trailers we've seen for Rogue One, yeah. played by Mads Mikkelsen, um, really awesome. And I uh, couldn't see anybody else playing Galen at this point. Now. Don't, don't you feel like any time you read him, you totally knew how he was saying it, really what he was thinking in yeah. his perspective outside of the base description? Like you knew the character inside yeah. out. And he got you. You went through a pretty big struggle with him. And and so he's a point of view character. So you know his chapters are told in the in the uh, first person from his perspective, mm-hmm. and you really saw this this troubled but brilliant man just going through and like writing out. You know this is the kind of guy I love. This this is the one scene when I think of Galen. Uh, he has these dreams, right? Do you remember this? Yes. Yeah, he has these dreams, and he has to write down in his journal next to him because he's already is it's put in the book. This is him thinking mapped out his entire subconscious from when he was a kid. He already did this. He's done the work, all right? <laughs> Freud got nothing on me. I got all this down. <laughs> and he's got it mapped, and now he's like, oh, but I'm having dreams where I don't know. I've never been to this place before, and he's writing these notes. You wake up in the middle of the night, and I just... That's a troubled mind. That's an ingenious mind, and it it, it, it was a compelling to read. I can understand where it got slow, because he did. It kind of got a little heady, but it was it was enjoyable, I think, overall. Looking back, I think it was important to the character. I know when you asked me originally on the, uh, essentially the reaction, I said, hey, it was okay, uh, yeah. the book, but the more it's, it's stewed, because... To be honest, I finished it just before this podcast. <laughs> Me too. Me too. So, uh, <laughs> I had 80 pages to go today, and I I knew we were we've had our production schedule here for a few days, so I basically I got home. I had about two hours, and I just I, I 
rifled through it. I, oh, I, yeah. Just in time. I had, I had to <laughs> shut everything down. I had to go into my bedroom, turn the lights off, and just prepare. <laughs> it was like homework. Yeah. Well, no, it, it got homework, but I did. Good you know, homework. James, James uh, Lucino's writing did suck me in. I was hearing the characters. I was I was there. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think the climax of this, this uh, book really, really took off and really got there. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. They're talking about the battle where they... Where they um, uh, the Empire comes to take over that, uh, the, the, uh, uh, what's it called? The, um, uh, it's in the system where they've got, they develop everything. The corporate system. There's, there's a corporate? Um, they call it the corporate system or something like that where was, all the businesses are. They're independent systems, basically. Legacy? Like, not the legacies. No, okay. the independent systems where we see, uh, a Tarkin face off against Hans Obit. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a little, yeah. there's a little insurrection there. Okay, yep. And, yep. and Tarkin's like, I'm not, I'm not tip backing down. This was toward, this was like the last third of the book. Sure. This is in your 80 pages. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I read today. But don't let's, uh, we'll get yeah. there. Um, it, it's hard to close on Galen. We're obviously going to talk about him a lot. He's going to play a prominent role in Rogue One. Oh like, my God, yeah, absolutely is. And he's the Oppenheimer. So, so he doesn't necessarily create the battle station, but he. Cre- in this book, he researches, and he, he's a mad scientist, yeah. but Tark, uh, not Tarkin, Krennic, Krennic, Orson yeah. Krennic has him working and his research, and he harnesses that research yeah. to use it for the super weapon, right. the big dish right. in the, the battle station that yeah. is the Death Star. Galen doesn't know it right. to begin with. Right. Very interesting. Very interesting. So we see in the, uh, the most recent Rogue One trailer, Krennic and his Death Troopers, his, his squadron of new stormtroopers, come <laughs> Which and get I wonder him. how he gets those after the end of this book, but we'll go on. Right. Yeah, he's not doing so great. <laughs> I, I think there's a, a big time period, because this is about, this is right after the Clone Wars. Right. We're a year or two after that, so that puts us about 17 years before A New Hope. Right. So he's got some time to redeem himself. Yeah. I would expect a comic arc from Marvel on that. Oh, that would be good. Maybe an Orson Krennic s- series. I could see that. I could I, see that. I definitely see that happening. Because yeah. they, did, they did a good thing with Darth Vader. And now there's the a Dr. Aphra series who is Vader's mm-hmm. assassin yeah. and created solely for Marvel. Right. So that's very interesting. So I think we'll see an Orson Krennic something or other. Yeah, I think a good follow. that would be a good follow-up to the movie. But there's some gray area here because this doesn't lead up like a few minutes before the movie. There's like oh. dec- a decade and a half. There's a decade and a half because we do see the trailer. And I was going to bring this up. We do see young... Uh, Jin. Uh, Jin. That so. seems like a flashback to me, though. Well, it's something. It's something right. that's going to put in the movie. I don't know. Right, it could be a flashback. I think it could... I don't know if it could start there, but it's quick in the beginning, I think. Because I think we're going to... You know, we're getting into implications with Rogue One, but I, I do see... I don't see us going right up to it, but I do see implications with, like... Uh, what's gonna happen to Lyra? Uh, Lyra? Yeah. Did we decide? Uh, I think Lyra was Lyra. <laughs> Lyra. Oh, we decided I'd know. Lorelai. I think I've got something tied over <laughs> from my last podcast. <laughs> Lorelai Urso. <laughs> oh no! So she's an independent thinker and a snappy talker, <laughs> and she has a lot of caffeine. <laughs> Zobeto was on the Gilmore Girls death uh, stick. spoiler cast. So yeah. that's great. listen to that. That was a great talk. Yes, uh, that'll be out. Later this week. Yes. If it's coming out in the order my, that I think they will. My extensive note-taking I got from Haley on that podcast, <laughs> and she did a great job getting that all settled up there. Yes. Um, but so, we should, I mean, we're, we're going to obviously come back to Galen as we go through, but we should talk so about Lyra. Lyra. Yes. Or so uh, another point of view character. So we did hear from her thoughts directly, and she was in stark contrast with not only Galen at points, which is her husband. Yep. Um, but uh, Orson 
Especially, and, and, and the Tarkin, I would say. They rub her the wrong way. The, oh, absolutely. She's the not Empire, having it. The Empire rubs her the wrong way. Yes. Which I thought was great. And I this is where we're going to, this is where I think the major conflict, not only in this book, but also in, in Rogue One, we're going to see a spiritual rebellion versus the, the like, stark, uh, like, I don't know, what's a good way to put Maybe all out. Secular. Wh- yeah, 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 yeah. I would say secular. Okay. Secular. Um, uh, kind of evil empire. You're right. Which is weird to say. Yeah. But it is, that is kind of what's happening. They have no reverence. That's what I mean by secular. Not without mm-hmm. faith, but without reverence for sure. especially nature. Um, and uh, she really taps into that and really becomes a spokesperson for like, I rebel. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I was just going to say, and I'm very glad you said that, that's where Jin's rebellious nature comes from. Yeah. It totally is from her. And her sleeplessness comes from... Uh, <laughs> her sleeplessness comes from her father. That was great too. Yeah, she's tireless. She, uh, I, I think she's gonna be tireless. They really built up Galen and Lyra to be everything I've imagined Jin to be from these trailers, which is great. Uh, so you want to see fifty fifty. You want to see the chemistry and how that all comes together in a character. And we got that. Yeah, we really. I think I've got a great idea of what Jin's gonna be like. I think so too. I also think we've got another element that we'll talk about a little bit later with with um, Saw Gerrera. I think there's another element to her where she's going to be even more a little bit chaotic, another father figure, if you will. Her her Ben Sol or her Ben uh, Kenobi. Kenobi. You're right. You're I absolutely like right. So, on but that. we got we got yeah. um, a little more on uh, Lyra. She is a world uh, um, a universe traveler. She likes being out in the thick of things. She wants to go explore. Uh, she gets an option to go to a mining facility mm-hmm. uh, to find some uh, kyber, uh, kyberite, right? That's <laughs> yep. what it's called. Yep. Uh, so to find some kyber crystals. And uh, she gets exposed to a lot of the evils of the, the Empire and the new Empire that way. Um, but she also has this really strong dynamic with Galen. She's do- not like not a doting wife, but very loyal, very caring. Uh, and but doesn't put up with any of his stuff. Like he, she's, she is like the balance. Like if he is, if he is like uh, Sherlock, she's Watson. They complement each other very well. Very well. And you know what? I think what's Grounds nice him. is throughout the whole book, we there are tried and true times between their their marriage, but it's nothing like a normal married couple wouldn't face. Like they, there's some lulls, well, some distance, some fights. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. Because the very beginning of this novel was right about some time between, you know, when we wrote the beginning. The very beginning, they're on vault. With I don't know what these people look like. I picture little Wookiees, little chubby Wookiees. I couldn't decide. I couldn't find what they look like. <laughs> uh, the vault uh, population, uh, which are under separatists, uh, kind of, they're vying, uh, the separatists are vying to control the planet. Uh, so there's a big conflict there uh, back in the Clone Wars. And this is when Jin's born, but the, she's born in prison, in vault prison. Uh, sure. And so, so that's a little different. They're, they're, they get a little uh, different separation than most right. couples. You're I don't right. I don't expect me and my girlfriend to be trapped at a foreign planet in the middle of a... <laughs> no. I sure hope not. No, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would not be good. But uh, it is it is very interesting. Uh, they're, 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 I think as we get into the kind of, the I would say, the um, seduction of Galen mm-hmm. by Orson Krennic to come over and do some different work for them. We see the pushback from, from, uh, Lyra, shoot, Lyra, Lyra, I, I, Lyra. You could be right. Lyrical. No, that makes sense. Cause it's L R Y. Well, I'll say L-Y-R. this. No, maybe not. Whatever. You, you say seduction. I might say deception, deception but maybe too. deception is a part of that. I th- but he's a very seductive power. Uh, 
or something. Then they go back. And, and then they go back a ways. And he's, he owes them, right? Yeah, it's, it's like, crazy. It, it's a whole inter, intertwined plot there. Yeah. Uh, I think a big telling part, this will lead right into our next character, uh, that moment when they're on like the playground. Yeah. And, 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 and Jin just kind of playing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden Orson comes up. Uh, it's towards the end of the novel, and he's like, he just blatantly threats, threatens uh, Lyra. They, they clearly, he knows that she's suspicious of him. Yeah, and and she's she's you know the thing with Orson, uh, he's like infa- not infatuated, fascinated with with uh, Galen. He knows that that's his step up in the world if he can get. That's him on his board. ticket to being in the Emperor's inner yeah, crowd, so to an, say. He's an opportunist, right? Orson's an opportunist, and he sees Galen as his next bargaining chip. Yep. Big bargaining chip. He's going to make the super laser. Uh, but he watches her. And I think the very first time we see a conflict between those two is when uh, Lyra and Orson are alone. And Lyra says, like, can we just call the, the Emperor Palpatine in private? <laughs> and then and Orson's like, I don't know if I like that so much. Got to keep an eye on that one. It's yes. Emperor, <laughs> you know. Palpatine. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk see, about that. We see threatening there. Um, but they make a very good dyna- like a good adversarial pact. Um, she's the good in Galen fighting against Orson. And Orson Krennic, another point of view character. We have five point of view characters. So this story jumped around a lot. I remember you remember in chapters they would just break and we'd get a new perspective. And you're just like, oh, hold on. Who's is this? <laughs> this I will say this novel was super you could not take a chapter off. You no, had to be focused. It was, James Luceno, uh, very, very intelligent, for better or worse, in, yeah. in terms of this. Because yeah. certain things you just almost want like a break on. But no, you had to be entrenched. You had to be as smart as Galen. As you say, it was Galen, right? Like, it's like Galen's thought all the way through this. James is a mad scientist himself. Yeah. So Orson Craddock, he, I, I told uh, everybody on our Walking Carpet podcast for the Rogue One preview that outside of K2SO... By, by the way, not K250, like I idiotically K-250. said. So I apologize. WD-40. <laughs> WD-40, the droid. <laughs> he's, he's very oily. Uh, that Orson Krennic was my next in, in line for the character that I thought was most interesting to me. I want to know more about him. I think he's going to be a good presence. In this book, he is very much so the counterweight to Galen. Oh and God. He, he's using Galen for his, his brain. Yeah. And Galen doesn't realize it till the last very, very, you know, few pages of this book. But I, everything he was saying and all of his motivations to, to kind of compete with Tarkin, oh, man, that's good. I, that's good stuff. I think the most interesting character in this book was, was Orson Krennic. Much Same. like I didn't like him, uh, Galen kind of was one note. You knew what he was doing. He got portrayed, but you still know what he was up to. Galen, he was, he was differently, you know... Galen, uh, book smart. Orson, street smart. Yep. He knew what he was doing every minute. Deadly combo, obviously. Oh, very deadly combo. Um, especially, but they're working for different sides, so that's what made that, that, that kind of enticement interesting. Uh, not unlike, uh, you know, you kind of got the Emperor Luke situation, I feel like. Uh, and uh, you just see him from the very beginning just scheming and planning and planning. I think a telling moment for Krennic I was right off the bat with Geonosis. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. Uh, him taking, uh, it would be Pablo the Lesser, Pablo, mm-hmm. Pablo the Lesser, the leader of, um, of the Geonosians, 
uh, who are known for big manufacturing, we find out that the drones of Geonosis, this was interesting, uh, need to be working. That's yeah. a fun class to enslave. They only want to work. This works for us. They know no different. They know nothing. They will kill each other if they don't find something interesting to do or, or worthwhile. I thought that was interesting. You can kind of see that, too, in uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. We're going back to Star Wars Episode 2, but you see... When Anakin and Padme enter, enter that droid facility, like they're nuts. They're they're a bunch of creatures, really, yeah. you know. And and, and then plays and, into it. And you've got that. So you you will also learn about just interesting. This is why I love the world building. What they chose to pick from the the prequels and what they chose to expand on. That giant coliseum was used for blood sport. When mm-hmm. they're bored, they have nothing to do. They kill each other. It's That's it's nuts. craziness. That's nuts. It's yeah. so animalistic. It's fun though. So. Uh, Krennic sees this and says Paul of Lesser is obviously a captive of the Republic at that time because he's part of the Separatists. Mm-hmm. Um, they let... Uh, he meets with Paul of Lesser, speaks to him in Geonosian, which yeah. I think I could just picture that. That's a great <laughs> scene. Could you Dark. Exactly. <laughs> and like Paul's coming back. He's like, that's not quite... You're getting close. I couldn't understand. Like, yeah. I was like, what would Poggle sound like in basic <laughs> yeah, English? Exactly. Like, I actually heard this is an offbeat, but I, they 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 took I think it was macaw, uh, uh, not macaw, is it macaw? Yeah, macaw monkeys. Is that macaw? Whatever type of monkey, a chimp, and they gave it human speech because they have the same kind of structure. Okay, it sounds horrifying. <laughs> it sounds, you, you know, this is I couldn't. I was like, it's and the, and the weirdest thing they chose the the phrase to say, "Will you marry me?" So it's like, "Will you marry me?" Creepy. Like, Creepy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if I asked a girl that she'd run if I said it in that voice. Just sprint. Just what? Keep out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, like no thanks, man. Uh, so yeah, I, I, Krennic, great. Just come back on track. We're coming back from monkey monkey proposals. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Krennic was just this the most interesting character, the most dynamic character in this book, and watching him struggle through his plans and eventually the last act to have. Uh, Tarkin kind of screw with everything in the last minute uh, was just phenomenal. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, that I'm sure you remember uh, in your last 80 pages where he's just like, oh, oh, this is all Krennic's doing? Oh, let me just screw with him real quick. Go on, Hans. Back to Coruscant you go. Yeah, it that was, was uh, quite a web there. We'll see at the end. Yeah, we will. Uh, and we'll obviously go through that. Krennic's, uh, Krennic's main rival here in the Empire. I mean, they're all kind of fighting for the attention of, of the Emperor. They want to be in his... The very best, like no one ever was. Right. <laughs> exactly. Vader's even in that a little bit. Uh, but I'm glad he wasn't in the book. Real quick. Correct. Glad Vader wasn't in the book. We didn't need him. They also referenced something where, from Galen's point of view, I believe, they yeah. say... Oh, this new guy, Darth Vader. We don't really know much about him. Yes. But at a different point, he also says the Jedi Order, like one of their own, destroyed them. Yeah. But they don't know that that's the same character. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. The perspective here on the galaxy <clears throat> for the Empire, like you and I growing up always assumed, hey, the Empire's bad. Right. They're bad. Everyone thinks they're bad. Like right. it's, um, you know, it's Nazi Germany. Like they, yeah. they know it. No. No, there's not. A lot of people don't think the Empire is bad. A lot of people sympathize with the Empire. Right. A lot. Well, this is that's what made this whole book interesting to me, too. Like, how did the Nazis develop? And here we go. Right. It, they tell that story. Totally. With Oppenheimer. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. This is so interesting. It's very incredible. Yeah. But Grandma of Tarkin. Great he, character. Uh, just like Peter Cushing from A New Hope, yes. it's it's what I envisioned. And that's what I saw. I saw but the younger young, episode three guy. <laughs> I, I saw the episode three guy. I actually saw. You know what remind me the most of is I kept seeing it. It kind of kept bouncing it out of my imagination of Clone Wars animation. Me too. You know what me I mean? Me too. A lot of Clone Wars in my head. Or his, I saw, uh, his Rebels. 
Rebels character, but too. then that would be too far in the future. Exactly. So it was tough to it find. Was, it was, it was, it was uh, definitely the Clone Wars version. My problem was like getting back to picturing him with dark hair yeah. instead of the gray. That it we kind of yeah. <laughs> but I kept seeing the severe look. Like it was, it was yeah. still Tarkin, and and then I like watching Tarkin wheel and deal. Yeah. Um, I like. There was an instance between Galen and Tarkin that I thought was most interesting. Do you remember this? It was very quick. Okay. Because uh, they were both prisoners. Tarkin was held prisoner. Okay. And they were held in the same area, and they talked about that experience, and they yeah, just had okay, a good... Yeah, yeah. It's very passing. Mm-hmm. I think it's in one mm-hmm. of the big party scenes uh, that they had. Uh, I think it was one of their initial re- uh, interactions, interactions yes. in the book. Yes. Okay. And uh, Tarkin obviously just kind of pithy and not really... Whatever, you know. But it, Galen, yeah. it made an impact on him. Uh, and uh, it's just it's just so interesting. And then as he turns from governor to moth... We see that change in his title happen too, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 <clears throat> I think Tarkin was used mostly because I think uh, James Luceno knows that character because he wrote him, right? In Tarkin, uh, which yeah. is more of a story of him working with Darth Vader and kind of holding the the dog leash, as it were. Sure, sure. Uh, and uh, but uh, his big moment happens again in kind of the third act. There is a rebellion, rebelling plan, uh, re- not rebelling, but an independent planet that. Re- chooses to keep its uh, independent status it, it wasn't in the Republic mm-hmm. it was part of the um, corporate uh, systems so this is the business systems these are the ones that are like you know like the um, the banking the banking the banking clan, clan yeah all these yep. things they choose to you know benefit from the wars you know right. they're the opportunists uh, they so they don't want to claim allegiance they especially want to claim allegiance to the empire but that's they were not gonna sell to whoever that that's not gonna work anymore and what happened is they had uh, Krennic had a character we'll talk about in a second called Haz Obit mm-hmm. uh, which was an interesting character um, I've got a lot to say about him uh, come in and start a miniature rebellion against with Saw Gerrera <laughs> against the Empire very interesting uh, and at one of these uh, moon planets I mean it's starting to all sound familiar right yep uh, but Tarkin stands in his his uh Executor class uh, star destroyer, and it's like, no, we're taking these, we're taking these mothers down. They're not. There's no one going to rebel against us. Yep, he's got a lot coming his way. It's very much it's about the empire cool. establishing, it, establishing its foothold early on yes. after the Clone Wars, after the Republic goes away. Right, and um, I, it's kind of them wielding, trying to wield their stick, so to say. But exactly. they're, they haven't built up enough yet well we see which is interesting in this book we see the building of tie fighters we see the building of these different class ships and it's just interesting you know they're really they're really turned into their character that comes in in, in a new hope um, yeah you assume just based on episode three the empire just kind of you flip a switch okay they're big bad they rule the galaxy no 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 there was a lot of work put into this even after the clone wars and before we jump into the other characters i think actually we're gonna i think we should change up the order a little bit i think mazamato would be good to talk about this point yeah yeah uh mazameda mazamata what's the matter you uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's the matter for you beta so anyway uh mazameda yeah yeah go ahead no you can, just, you can I, go for it i with this character specifically i liked him uh, if you don't know who he is he's kind of the what the heck is this species? He's a stooge. I call him a stooge. a stooge. He's not. He's the vizier. He's the grand vizier of the Republic, and turning into the grand vizier of the Empire. Um, so if you watch the prequels... Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, God he's the blue you. guy. He's the blue guy. <laughs> Big guy with the horns yes. next to the Palpatine. He's, he's basically old, old his, his go-to guy. Yeah. And I want to say at some point 
didn't they say vice chancellor? Yes, vice chancellor. Viz, yeah, vizier would be the vice chancellor. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they did. They His did second in command. It. Okay. Basically, he um, he was there. You know what? I just remembered. Yeah. He was there. Uh, if any of the scenes were Palpatine's in his desk as the Grand Chancellor, or the Chancellor, he was standing next to him, always right. there. Big, you can't miss him. He's blue and tall with four four uh, horns. He walks out in Episode Three as Yoda's entering at Palpatine's office. Exactly. If that makes uh, makes it easier for you, but you, you'd know him as soon as you saw him. Right. He, um, good and character. He was a stand-in for the Emperor, which I liked. We didn't um, need to see the Emperor. He was I, background. No, I didn't need makes to see him. Makes him seem a little more powerful, doesn't it? Because exactly. he's behind the scenes. Yeah, it reminds me of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Right? We didn't see the Emperor. He was this shrouded figure. Same here. We'd never see that they're the what basically what Orson and Tarkin are fighting for, uh, Orson Krennic, is the approval of this man. Yep. Uh, of the Emperor. And then we get just Maz just being like, Krennic just completely is a stooge to him. He's like, I'll do whatever you tell me to do to get the power. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's so interesting to watch him wielding his power. And it really is the thing for the whole empire. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, I like that tie in a lot because that really goes, uh, it, it's a good way to blend the prequels to the original trilogy right. and bring that character over. I wonder if we don't see the death of Mazamata. <laughs> um, I always uh, had assumed we would, but you're right. He may, Get there. So, because we also have, you know, the anti, uh, all spe- anti, um, alien species from the Empire. We haven't, we didn't really see it here. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see that in Rogue One. Uh, possible, very possible. Yeah. Uh, with, especially with some of the characters that we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's go back then uh, to our list. Hans Obit. Uh, the last POV character, the last point of view character we get. This is an interesting character. I found myself saying, wait, who? Who is this guy? Yeah. He's a smuggler. He's, uh, he's would be running with Han Solo if it were the right time. Is you know, He's probably met Han Orlando. At some point. They would have been children. <laughs> later. Yeah. Uh, at this point. But yeah. um, he's pretty cool. He's an alien species. Uh, I forget the exact name. It's an M. And I had a, a tough time picturing what he looked like. So I had to Google it a couple times because they keep saying his race over and over again. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, picture Snoke, actually. Okay. Okay. He's kind of got a butt head. There's a big crease, and it's all yellow. Big crease up the middle, and then bald. Okay. okay? So interestingly enough, when I kept Googling, I, I'm so, I can't believe I got the name of these guys. Um, but uh, they're actually, they're the only aliens in the... Um, uh, with the rebels in the original trilogy, there I know is, uh, I know what you're talking about. So they've got big hoods on, and they've got kind of that shape. But that tells me that his race is re- rebels and joins the rebel forces. I just think it's interesting that they pulled that piece, yeah, of of canon and put him and made a character out of that that race, right? Because um, he he seems kind of uh, set towards the uh, the end of the book. So interesting. Uh, so again, if Orson Krennic's the best tie into the, the movie, this guy is the book for me. He uh, is very prominent. He, I never expe- I kept expecting him to fade in the background talk, and get killed off. Nope, nope he makes it all the way through. He's a, lives happily ever after so, that we know of. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it's a love story, guys. If you didn't know, Catalyst is a love story, just like Star Wars. Exactly. <laughs> no difference between this back creepily like this and Gilmore Girls. You'll find no difference here. Uh, no, um, so, um, Han starts off as a smuggler, makes a deal, very beginning actually, uh, makes a deal, 
with Orson Krennic to get Galen Urso and the Ursos off of, of their planet vault. He's the he's the pilot. Mm-hmm. Very good in the book. He becomes uh, Galen's... Oh, no, not Galen. He becomes Orson Krennic's kind of stooge yep. and does a bunch of little jump missions. Sets up the whole legacy planets that end up getting mined clean by the, by the uh, Empire. And then takes... Uh, uh, Lyra Urso and uh, Jin off of Coruscant uh, where Galen's doing his research on kyber crystals to go to their mining expedition. Saves them during their mining expedition to find some more kyber kyberite and takes them and shows them the mining facilities and and in that you know uh, Lyra's like okay these people are bad. The, the Empire's bad people and uh, actually Hans takes a, Hans takes a turn as well um, we're just kind of going through a story because it is interesting because it does tie the whole book together. Um, and he says, okay, screw these guys. I'm taking the people I know from this cantina I hang out in because they keep coming back to the cantina, right? <laughs> yep, yep. It's the best. Oh, yeah. Uh, and and Saw is part of that group. Totally. And uh, they they wage war against the Empire, basically. You know, if 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 it was... Catalyst, a Hans Obit story might not sell as many books, but that's the actual story here. Uh, they take, they wage the war. Uh, they find the encampment. Uh, Tarkin finds their encampment. He blows up their encampment. Finds Hans, the only one alive in that encampment. Uh, gets him for information, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and finds out that he's been working for Krennic this whole time, and the Ersos, and sends him back to. Uh, Coruscant to screw with Krennic one last time while the Arsos make their escape with Saw. That's the whole book, folks. A to B, A to Z. Thank you, Haas. <laughs> Pretty much. That's just what that's, it is. That's your summary right there. Yeah, uh, um, yeah he's easily bought. Uh, so he, at different times he's working for, for different people, essentially. I felt that he was one of the three main POV characters. Here. Oh, yeah. It would have been him, Galen, and Krennic. Yes. It felt like the most... Uh, the most consistent, yeah. yeah. Their their stories that intertwined, and I and I found them him the most compelling because he was the book, right? Like I said, he was unexpected such, for me. Yeah, and he very much kind of bumbling, but really just like the sincere guy that just wants to make money, and then all of a sudden it's like I've got a cause to fight for, fights for his cause, and gets in in that in that cantina has a female of his species. He falls in love with, leaves. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's so true. interesting. It's uh, it's funny. It kind of. Follows almost a similar uh, like Han Solo arc too. Sure. Uh, you know, he's, he's that 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 badass uh, smuggler, and then gets into <laughs> unwillingly some sort of cause and has a conscience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, he discovers that conscience. Yeah, and, and it's just so interesting. And and this and 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 his kiss story. Another thing that was very interesting about the Empire and 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 the whole like theme of of, of surveillance and mm-hmm. overstepping bounds. Uh, is really keen in this book too, where you've got like this, uh, you've got Krennic watching the Airsos, Tarkin watching Krennic watching the Airsos, Hans Obit being watching by the Airsos, Krennic and everybody. It's and a big it, game. Empire, yeah, it's a big game, and you For see sure. it, and that was pretty cool. That's the nitty gritty that I think could slow down the book, but made it, I think, build out a lot more. Sure. Um, I think um, that would. Oh no, we have we have one more. <laughs> Yep, two we more. We have two, two more. more. Two if, more characters. Uh, so Jin, uh, Stardust Urso. Stardust is the name uh, that Galen calls her throughout the. His little girl. That's right. Well, uh, freckles, freckles, or what is it? Uh, not freckles, but like flex, flex of uh, stardust in her eyes when he saw her. Correct. That's what it was. And uh, 
it's uh, a good amount of gin here because we don't really need to see too too much but i thought it was enough to establish uh her background and where she comes from she's a baby <laughs> that's right we and I, get, I guess that she gets to about three and a half, four, four years old. Yeah, I would say so. But uh, a very, very fun scene towards the, the end of the book where she, oh, the best. from her point of view, is basically mom and dad don't like the Empire. Saw doesn't like the Empire. Saw Guerrero. Right. So, so to set that bad. Up, yeah, we'll set it up too. Uh, so Haas come back, confronts Krennic. Krennic thinks that the, the Ursos are going with him to get off planet, to get off Coruscant, because they find out all this stuff about Krennic. Come to find out it's Saw, mm-hmm. Guerrera, that comes to help them, which I find awesome. Another uh, tie-in for Saw. Another tie-in for Saw. Yeah. Uh, he takes them off planet, and on the ship out away from Coruscant, going to the next planet, uh, they actually have this discussion, Saw and Jin, a four-year-old Jin, uh, talking about... Look, she's looking at all the stars, and she's like, what star are we going to go to? And he's like, you know, this one. This one seems good. He goes, and how are we going to get there? Hooper space? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, she's a little girl. <laughs> and she's I'm glad, we, again, we saw that trailer with Little Jin, because that helped me yeah. exactly yeah. know what she was going to sound like. Right. For and, what it's worth, for and, immersion. And there, and there was no, like... Um, uh, was it Mary Sue? That's the one where they've got the, the little person, like the young person with all the superpowers that, that somehow have all like that's the trope is that what mm-hmm. we call it mary sue mm-hmm. okay we didn't see that from her she was a child like she was clearly she's oblivious yeah. she's a clearly a child innocent there's, yeah there's clearly no like not jaded she's yet. got some superpowers you know what i mean like she can't like use the force they didn't talk about force sensitivity with her a little bit with uh, her mother but not her and she's like i remember yeah. there was like a very sweet and innocent scene where she's playing on the playground right and she's like mommy can i have a candy bar i need to eat now yeah. She's like, could you go away with the grown-ups are talking? She's like, no. <laughs> She's constantly there. She's, She's either great. in Galen's mind, in Lyra's mind, or she is on uh, on the page. Right. You know, like, she she is there with us. I I like that that, that seed is planted. I love the relationship with Saw. Like you said, he's kind of the, uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, of this book, the older jaded guy. That's how they set it up, right? Yep. I really feel like that's how they set up his He's going character. to be, or like the Han Solo of the, the Force Awakens, yeah. right? Like, that's going to be the character. The, the uh, maybe not jaded so much, but the rugged veteran that's gone through right. stuff. He's, he's going to be the mentor. Totally. We have Mentor's the best way to put it. Mentor, absolutely. He's going to guide her. I think she's going to go astray. Saul's going to bring her back. I agree. And you know what? I, uh, another thing, we, we did do a, a Geek Bits on, on Saw Guerrero, so you can check that out. But uh, Saw is uh, a character that debuted in the Clone Wars in Season 5. He Which was, is nuts. Yeah, like this is awesome. So nuts. He's the first Star Wars character in history to go from animation to live action, as opposed right. to the other way, which is so cool. He was in this book. He was, in, he was uh, referenced in Star Wars Rebels. And then he was also in the book Star Wars Bloodline. Um, very oh, briefly. Very okay. briefly. Like yeah, cameo. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's made a name for himself in what I did in, in Geek Bits. I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, watch he was it. a character that George Lucas originally wrote for the live action Star Wars series that never happened. Oh, interesting. Really? So oh, cool. He's getting kind of his, his dues. He's getting his will. dues, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, played by Forrest Whitaker in the movie. Great uh, choice, by the way. I uh, I am into that totally. I, I can't I wait hope, to see more about him. Just hope it's not Spaceship Earth over again. You know the Spaceship Earth? No. Battleship, maybe Battleship Earth? Ba- yeah. It's the story of uh, how it's the, the fiction that Scientology is based on. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. He did. He did the movie for that book. Let's hope the adaptation's a bit. Better. I hope it's just. Yeah. No. <laughs> Could you imagine? I hope it's separate. Oh boy. Oh no. Hey, I that class is with the force. I would join the Church of the Force in a heartbeat, man. A heartbeat. I think I, I could be a priest for that. Yeah. yeah. Could you marry marry in the Church of the Force? That'd be great. I could do. I that. bet you can get that online. That. <laughs> well, I can see that. Oh boy. So we, we've touched on most of the major characters here. We yes. want to uh, touch on just a, a few more topics here on the spoiler cast. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we've talked about time frame a little bit and how the Clone Wars connects to the the Empire here, and there's really no um, flashbacks or, or gaps here. It's a continuity. Oh, it goes great. all the way through, and that's really the first prominent book or story that we've seen do that because we've had the Clone Wars, we've had the Star Wars Rebel series, we've had the book Lost Stars, which jumps us all over the place in the right. big events. This one takes us page by page. Which I, I really like. I... I was a big fan. Uh, do you have do you have the N sixty four game Shadows of the Empire? I did not. I've, I did not. I've never okay. played that. I read the the book when I was younger. I think a fun geek the, read the book. Okay, but still a fun geek play would be going through that with I you. I would love that'd that. It'd be, be a good time. Oh man, that does a really good job of 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 getting us from I believe it's Empire to Jedi. Yes. Yeah. From Empire to Jedi. It's the gap there. And we and we get that here. I feel like we got that. I love the transitional stories. I read the I did the comic in the game. That's what I did. Very I did good. Very good. Not a big book Prince, reader, Prince but I did it for Shorts. this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I uh, I gotta love it. Uh, but but yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a cool. It's a hard. I think this is the hardest uh, bridge to gap, and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what the reception to Rogue One is because of the infamy that the prequels sit in, mm-hmm. and how much A New Hope is beloved. Like it's like the child. I think that we're getting away the favorite son from. Prequel hate? Some of the prequel hate. I, Slowly but surely. I think so too, but again, I think it comes from cherry picking the best parts of the prequels out. They are shy, uh, spotlighting some of those best parts. You're right. And I, and I think that came from the Clone Wars too. The Clone Wars really cherry picked the best parts and really expanded on, you know, when, when, when Obi-Wan Kenobi and Ben Kenobi says, you know, I fought your father, or I fought with your father alongside your father in the Clone Wars, you're like, the heck was that? That sounds awesome. Yeah. And 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 the prequels didn't really deliver on the Clone Wars, but my God, did the the show do that? And now I think we're seeing the reap the we're reaping the benefits of that show. Sure. And and finally that line. We're getting I think. characters. We're I getting mean, great characters. It's quite impressive. I do think at some point we're gonna get something live action Ahsoka. I think that would uh, be cool. You know, be, I, I, do you want do you want to see her as um, Fulcrum or do you want to see her as like? Fulcrum from from Rebels, or do you want to see her young and do a full story arc? I want to see in between. I want to see right after she left the Order. So a a novel just came out called Ahsoka, which is a a good read, and it tells of her time a little bit on her own. Sure. But the Empire's established already, and it's right after the Empire became established. So she hasn't left the Jedi Order all too long ago, but it kind of saved her life. This is definitely fertile grounds. I could see even this movie, uh, this, this being done as a TV show. That'd mm-hmm. be a pretty enticing yeah. TV show. Yeah. You know, I'm watching um, Designated Survivor. I don't okay. know if you've seen any of this yet. It's a very enticing, like, uh, if if uh, during the uh, State of the Union address, the um, Capitol building blew up, wow. we lost our whole government, except for the Designated Survivor, who the, the president appoints to one of his cabinet members, and the cabinet member of, like, housing and development gets placed to be the president. <laughs> and, and it felt like that kind of drama at some point. You're just like, 
what I mean, it wasn't that that was the stakes were not that high in this book, mm-hmm. but it was, I can still see that kind of high action. Like there are some moments from this book where you could just see that play out really well. And I would, I would, I would wouldn't mind seeing a blend of not only that, but also you could see Ahsoka in there too. I could see Ahsoka in this world. It's it's ripe for Netflix series, much oh, like yeah. uh, Marvel is doing with its Defenders right now. That'd be cool. Um, so I, I think there's there's a lot of. Uh, side characters that it'd be expensive to produce, but you know uh, it could be done. <laughs> hey, hey, if anyone's got the money, it's Disney, right? Disney, I, uh, throw I, us a bone. <laughs> you know, you just spent four billion on Star Wars. You made two of it back with Force Awakens. You're not quite going to make probably the other two back with this, but Episode Eight's next year. I wonder. I, I wonder how much it's going to do. I actually think that I think a billion, this, no problem. This, I think this. I know it sounds funny. A billion, I, but not much more. I I'll be interested. I I think it's going to win a lot of of the fans who are expecting a new but familiar story mm-hmm. uh, from Seven. You know, they're like, I want nothing to do with the prequels, but don't feed me too much. I know I want something new, but I can still be familiar with it. And I think this is going to hit them. Where this they is the to heart be. of nostalgia This here. is the heart of nostalgia. It, it's, see TIE Fighters fighting X-Men. You're going to see Darth Vader. I mean, it, it's going to be pretty pretty nuts. And we better see Rogue Squadron. I swear to God. <laughs> if there's a movie Rogue One and there's no Rogue Squadron, I will lose it. I will lose it too. There's a, one of the X-Wing pilots, I don't know if you saw in the trailer, yeah. he's totally from A New Hope. The guy with the mustache. Yeah, it's... um. What the heck's his name? Uh, Darklighter. Biggs. Biggs Darklighter. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Biggs. It wouldn't no? be. No? No, because Biggs is Luke's age. Yeah, um, it's someone no, else. No, Biggs is older than Luke. Yeah, but like a few years, no, right? No, Biggs would be flying right now. And yeah. Biggs uh, is in this. I think Biggs is in this. I, I'm almost certain. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, we'll find out later we'll, soon, won't we'll we? We'll have to figure it out. We'll, I, we'll have to see. I Bail Organa's uh, in it. My Bail, mom yeah, is in it. My mom is in it. Some, she's some getting, good, some she's getting her just desserts, if you yes. will, <laughs> from what she owned. A classic Sorry. error. Okay, a big <laughs> a big problem we had in this book. Come on, James. We, who's, I didn't see the editors on this. Because there are some more these days. I want to just send. I I I was I was talking to Haley when I was reading this. I was like, should I send this in to the editor? Be like, I caught this. Do you want to re? Do you want to fix it for future yeah, prints? You mean like fix it for future prints? <laughs> Second edition Catalyst uh, with the Jeff Dugan edit. Yeah, <laughs> the beta, the beta edit. <laughs> oh, That's love it. it. There oh, it is. God, I forgot my nickname. We'll, um, we'll move on uh, to yeah. I guess a little bit of the Death Star and the, and the Kyber Crystals maybe mixed into one here. No, that's, um, that's good. Yeah, we can do that. So so the big kind of the gimmick of this this show, of this book was let's make the super weapon, but let's not let Gala know he's making the super weapon. You right. Know? Let's, um, let's say he's doing research for energy. Energy, yeah. <laughs> and that was pretty cool, uh, the secrecy and all of that. Uh, it did change the canon a bit because uh, I think originally uh, it was – going to be a separatist weapon uh but uh we find out that that's just a guy's uh from the emperor that he really wants to make the that his his weapon for the empire mm-hmm. to be a superpower and he just uses the fear of that possible weapon to build this that's you know right in the right in the beginning of the book um and they want to you know they've got this this giant dish uh, the the construction of this, by the way, sounded so cool. They're talking about the hemispheres and all that, and the yeah. radio, they're talking about all that. Oh yeah, uh, and they're talking about installing the levels, the dish. all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, to to really power that weapon, they can't just use the cannons that they have. They need they need an extra power, and the kyber crystals. You know, again, the opportunity struck. The Jedi's are gone. Yep, uh, and so. Like, this is how... This book was in three parts. The end of the first part. Do you remember how it ended? No. How they get the Kyber Crystal. So the Empire's taken over. Okay. And... Uh, oh, I do Galen remember. and Lyra, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, okay. they come in, 
And they open the box up and they're like, oh, there's like finger long kyber crystals. And Larry looks over at Galen and goes, those are from lightsabers. Yeah. yeah. I got a chill. I actually got a chill from that. I was surprised. Uh, and it's I was like, ooh. That's- crazy to think. Like, they tore open these lightsabers to. to it does feel, it feels so wrong. It's like, that's the end of the Jedi. Like, that's it. They they have their lightsabers. Hey, you almost mentioned like <laughs> them picking them from Grievous. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, like, <laughs> just take them. And Grievous, them I know you're you're trying to sell these later, but <laughs> yeah, seriously, we need them. Yeah, yeah. His heart attack. He just has. They're just like, wow. Is anyone gonna take the uh, lightsabers? I guess we'll take them. We're just gonna use them. Walks by. You'll take these. Yeah. You're gonna take them. Yep, little yep, yep. scrap droids. <laughs> gonna recycle them. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. But for me, like I said, it felt desecrating. You know what I mean? I, I, I felt that oh, it was ripping their souls out, right? Their like souls the, out. the lightsaber. Exactly. It's like crazy. And, and they really talk about that's the other character in this book. I really feel like was the Kyber crystals, and the people who want to use them for good and bad. And, and it did have. Uh, you brought up the analogy. Yeah. I'll let you go with it. But the One Ring analogy blew it, my it mind. It felt like. As the book went on, Galen is, he goes days without sleeping. He just, he can't yeah. stop thinking. His brain's always moving. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. But he's right. just this, he's got so much research. He's trying to, to make this his legacy. Little does right. he know. But he starts to have, maybe it's a hallucination. Maybe it's not. Yeah. And I don't think it is. Okay. Something with, almost a relationship where the crystals speak to him. Sure. Yeah, and I can see that. sounds like the One Ring from the Lord of the Rings where... Well, they believe in the Force. His family believes in the Force. Right. Or at least Lyra does. Lyra's a big time. She's she's Force-sensitive, yes. I would say. Not Force-wielding, but Force-sensitive. Correct. And, and they really have that faith in, in the Force. And maybe that's a little bit of that there. And he, he can almost kind of talk to these. But there, there's something there. I just imagine him looking at the table, and maybe it's shaking a little. Yeah. Like, there, there was some sort of direct connection there. Maybe we see that with Jin because she does have a crystal around her neck yeah. in the trailers. Well, she's, she, I think, okay, so Lyra has, Lyra has whatever L. <laughs> Mrs. Urso. <laughs> Mrs. Urso. Mrs. Urso has uh, a very, like a spiritual connection to it. That's right there. He has the intellectual connection with it, which I think is similar yep. because he's learning how to rip it down to its base elements and learn how to overpower it to like override the force connection and become something else. So he has to get just as deep as someone were in, like spiritually with something intellectually. So I agree. He has like a conversation with these yeah. and, and, and learns a way to extort all this power from it. He even says, I've gone too far. I, I should have drawn a line before, but because well, he says the Jedi did yeah, not Jedi, do yes, or exactly. didn't want to tell. And he's got all the holocrons. Could you imagine? He's just sitting in there. There's like a bunch of like desks. He's just got like 18 holocrons open. He's got the access essentially to the Jedi archives yeah. because the Empire owns this now. They've yeah. taken it over. One part I thought that was interesting in the book was that they were reconstructing the Jedi Temple. Yes. To be kind of like a headquarters for yeah. the Empire. Yeah, and there was going to be their main throne room. I was like, oh, that's so crappy. Uh, like, I love that they addressed all these things and these questions are now being answered. And I love how Kronik's walking through like, yeah, this would have been my job. You know, <laughs> yeah. making, you know. Kind of replacing everything there. Uh, it's uh, I, yeah. I think those crystals are going to be obviously prominent in the movie. So this is like I think the one of the biggest spoilers from for the movie uh, yeah, from so, this book is Kyber Crystal's power, the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. That was a question mark for the longest time. This book said, "No, this is all about Kyber Crystals. It's about the research. It's about how we can weaponize them and yeah. make it huge." Right. And do you know what destroyed your planet? On a big scale. Oh, yeah. It's a kyber crystal. That's, mm-hmm. I think, is so... 
it's so great that it is so simple and yet so complex. Like we used to do, you know, kyber crystals and, and the extended lore and all that stuff were these a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, they were influenced by the Force. They were corrupted by the Force. And no, now they are this living, breathing element in the world, which I think is cool. And that they aren't they they connect with Force users, but they are not influenced by the Force. They have to be connected, and then like if they want to be corrupted, you have to bleed a crystal, which I found was so interesting. You know, this, they've heard this lore now. Yeah, they can't. You can't just say, "I feel negative feelings towards this," and now it turns red. You have to take one that's already active in the Force and then change its power and harness it that way. What I found so interesting. One interesting thing about that is in the uh, the novel for Ahsoka, because yeah. she had green lightsabers when she left the Order. Right. But she left those lightsabers behind. Right. She ends up in this book discovering oh. two, essentially, crystals slash lightsabers and building them. Right. And they were Sith or dark lightsabers. Right. They were bled or, or red. Right. She ends up changing them back and sucking the red out, essentially. Yeah. And they... That's where we see her white lightsabers from. Oh, fascinating. Very interesting how Very she, cool. she... She, like, resurrects the... Uh, yeah. That's pretty there cool. There had been no white lightsabers before that, unless you look at the original New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> that was not specialized. <laughs> that's right. Great. You see yeah. Kenobi or, or Luke messing with that lightsaber. thought that was a very nice touch. Yeah. There was no detail left. <laughs> like, there, no stone unturned for yeah. this. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of stones unturned, that's a pretty good segue into, like, the one of the last topics before we talk, really dive into the Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh... Man, the Empire is a bunch of jerks. <laughs> they're uh, they're starting to not care about environmental issues, ordinances, people issues. Yeah. They they don't care. They're going to destroy anything Safe in their way. Safe zone set up by the Republic, mm-hmm. you know, to care for the people of the Republic. Like a Republic's supposed to work. This is the Emperor saying, "I have ultimate power now. Mine. <laughs> I need what I need. I'm right. going to go get it. I don't care. I'm right. going to leave the planet in devastation. Make it look like an attack in right. different scenarios. That was fascinating, wasn't it? Where he like he said Very it was like conspiratorial. Here. It was really. I mean, if you're reading this in 2016, right? Which we are. This is a very much a a political day and age. In how people look at the empire is how people may look at, at certain us. governments. Yeah, I would say us, and I, I would that's say so us too. with a couple of U and a capital S. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And and. It is a social commentary in it, a way. It very much so, and that's going to play a into a lot of parallels. And that's going to play into Rogue One. I mean, you can't, you can't, not uh, especially if they bring this legacy planet stuff in legacy worlds, uh, where they say these protected areas, and then they move in and they take whatever they can from it to build the Death yeah. Star. Uh, you know, it started at any with cost. it was so interesting how they started. Right, they started it because they were building on Geonosis. Geonosis has a a, um, a ring like Saturn. Yep. With all the asteroids, and they're mining the asteroids. Cool, take them. They're asteroids. Now they're like, now nah, we need better stuff. We're just going to strip mine this planet. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm watching this and I'm, I'm reading this book. I'm like, the Empire is really, it's really dark very quickly. They leave and, them devastated, too. And they do. And, and like you said, and, and Krennic uses that against Galen, which I find so interesting as a, as, a to- as a topic of like, look at this planet. It's been devastated by anarchists. Yeah. No, it was the Empire that did that. There's and a lot of uh, puppeteering going on there, for sure. Very interesting. For sure. And, very uh, interesting. And I think that was, like, the biggest takeaway for me. It was, like, it adds, it's going to add so much. That we're going to watch this movie and be like, we know. This is, like, crazy stuff. Listen, you and I are experts going into this. We're going to be, I might <laughs> as cry. As much as anyone. <laughs> I swear to God, if Saul Guerrero dies, 
I'm done. Saw. I'm a baby. Saw. 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 Oh. I, someone, at least a few are dying. Right? No, they have to. Come See, on. I, gotta. I like the Knights of Ren story. I don't need it, but I like We got to eliminate a few of them, though. Because there's so Saw can't make it. He's not there. What seven, seven or eight characters in that main cast, yeah. and they're not all going to be Knights of Ren. We all want them to survive. We've got to <laughs> talk about before we get into the implications of Rogue One. We missed probably my favorite part of this book that I said out loud as I was reading it. I wish I could pull it from the book. I can't because I don't know the exact page. <laughs> there's a point <laughs> where Orson Credic just realized Galen the Urso had escaped from Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> He cons it. He cons it, man. He's like, oh, I, yeah, it was blatantly obvious. It was so funny. There's no way Something to look like, at it. He says it with a whisper, Galen. And then he says it again, shouting to the blue sky, Galen. There's no other way to read it. Like, oh James Luceno might as well have put Galen. He should have. Like, put it all the way out. He should have. I think it's the end of the, th- I, the I want to say it was towards the, like, the last chap, the second last chapter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It was really funny. Like, it, it's dead on. There's, there's no misconstruing that. Oh my god, I laughed so hard. Yep, yep. I'm, I want to say it was the second last chapter. Yeah. But it, towards the end of the book, folks. I'm, yeah, I'm opening the book. <laughs> We've no, got the book it's, here. It's so fu- I, that, and that, that does a, a, a good say. I mean, like, it was a great book. Um, and I really, I'm not gonna try to find it. It's gonna be too much. It's okay. But I, uh, Let's read out the page. I really enjoyed. Yeah, I will. I will. They'll take a snapshot of it, send it out yeah. for our coverage on this. Um, uh, it was a great book, a great read. If you're into just a good science fiction, um, Star Wars themed, mm-hmm. uh, I would say you've got to be into some high science. If you are a, a fan of reading about great scientists, that would help this book. I think this was a heavy read. Like you really heavy. had to be on the ball. You had to be sharp. Yeah. You you had to have a good this, understanding. This isn't, it reads almost like nonfiction. It almost reads like a, a Lord of the Rings book in that way, where it is kind of lo- nonfiction-y, you know? Uh, and because there's no, there's no light to it. You can follow, if you're following the story for a good, Arc follow Hans Obit Hans Obit's story, mm-hmm. um, but definitely if you enjoyed Rogue One, read this book. Read this book. I think I think you're gonna get a lot more out of that movie, uh, and you might get a lot more out of the the, the series Star Wars series as a whole. Uh, but let's uh, let's actually talk about the implications with Rogue One. My mind you, haven't seen the movie yet, <laughs> right? Sure, haven't seen the movie. Uh, but obviously, what we can take away from this book is that. We've got some really big characters at play, some really big personalities, and it's going to come to a head pretty quick because it left us off with a chase almost. At a good conclusion for the book, but we know more is coming. Yeah, Krennic is not satisfied. Nope. We, uh, he's a good setup for Krennic. It was a good setup for <laughs> Jin and Galen or so. Yeah. We don't know how much we're going to see uh, of Lyra. Uh, kind of get the impression... Uh, she's not going to make it. Yep, yep. Yeah. That either she's not going to make it or she takes off. Maybe. Um, because Jin references that people take off at some point when Diego Luna's character, true. Cassian, is talking to her. So that's a thought. Um, obviously, uh, a good tie-in for Saw Guerrero, who is getting a lot of press these days, which is very I, nice. I see. I see a lot happening uh, in that short scene we see when the when you see a young 
uh, Jin with her father and her mother, and mother like, handing her, which is a Kyber crystal. We know this. She's just trusting the Force, yeah, right there. We're gonna trust get in the Force, mm-hmm. and then they go all uh, Emperor and Uncle Owen on that house. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think so. I mean, there are farmers there, uh, and and yeah, Saw Guerrero is gonna be her her mentor. I think that's what we've set that up as, which is going to be so cool. Galen's uh, going to be under probably Imperial. Uh, he'll be in jail. He's in jail. Yeah, no, they're they're gonna he arrest him basically, um, and 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 he'll become a symbol I think for the Kyber crystal. He wasn't so much in this one. He was discovering it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really discovering himself. We knew who he was. But they're going to be squeezing him like they squeeze the crystal, right, and use the power of Galen's mind. My last thought is for Rogue One, for the Death Star. Because he designed essentially the super weapon, so originally right. I had thought something different. But do you think he has anything to do with the design flaw? So like he plants it? I, I hope that there's a scene, a redemptive scene for Galen where he sees Jin, and they have a moment and instead of them going through like instead of them analyzing the plans Galen's done the hard work for them already I don't mm-hmm. think he's planning in other words I don't think he's planning I don't think he's put that there on purpose but he knows where the spot is and he tells Jin, make sure they know that there's a port that you could just blow a torpedo into it boom the whole station goes up yeah. you know and then we see maybe the end of galen there but i hope there's that redemptive scene because i know there's going to be some real clash between Jin and galen there's no way there's not going to be she's not gonna be happy that her dad made this thing right you know and i don't think he's happy either but i think there's still some like what you know how could you kind of thing exactly uh, going on so i and i think she knows that he's not all bad but he's still he might have even sat idly by as his mother was her mother was taken away she might not know a difference i think um i think maybe she's left to die and and saw picks her up and saw explains the whole situation to him yep but we don't know i mean we don't know and that's what makes this movie so exciting people are getting canned i mean honestly uh i'm just i just different in town more mature we are gonna sit there and have a different experience than everybody else if you read this book before the movie comes out you're gonna have a different experience if you're in the pool of people that you've read the movie and you weren't seeing the movie or sorry read the book didn't see the movie yet uh you're gonna really enjoy this yeah I think you're really gonna enjoy the movie there's no way you don't have a more full experience or go back after you see rogue one read this book and see rogue one again it, exactly it'll do your I, I think without seeing it that we can safely assume it'll it'll do you good yeah <laughs> i want i want a Hans hans obit cameo in rogue one i think that that's not out of the question i don't think it's out of the question but i don't know if we'd recognize him we're going 17 years (laughs) who's that guy i wish i wish he had a ship that was as you know uh like clearly his like this this is a hazo but ship the yeah yeah space the space bird (laughs) because they're all space birds right (laughs) you know exactly uh but i don't feel like it's gonna be hard to recognize Hey, is that the butthead guy? I think that's the butthead guy from the book. Oh, that's definitely the ass face. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, a uh, throwback to our, our Synthaholics podcast. Nice. Um, Trevor White and I guest started Synthaholics this past week, so you can check them out on uh, iTunes. But last podcast here before Rogue One comes out, we are officially done shooting everything, Ooh. including our lead-up series. It's uh, going to be – it's a great – if you guys haven't checked out that series yet, it's, it's uh, quality – 
Uh, I kind of peeped in. I did a couple myself because that was fun. I did peep in. I think I saw Adam Hur on one of them talking about different Star Wars characters. Pretty sure he doesn't know the difference between a Twi'lek and a, I don't know, a Gorian guard. Gorian guard. As I can't say it. But Adam you know does I mean? not know, no. for sure. So it's like... He's BSing you. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we had multiple rooms within our studio going tonight. Uh, we're doing Rogue One podcast, uh, <laughs> Gilmore Girls podcast, uh, Rogue One lead-up videos. Uh, it's going to be awesome. You can check out the playlist at youtube.com slash thegeekiverse. Uh, we're going to have four or five videos up for our mini-series Road to Rogue One, uh, which we did for Force Awakens last year. and uh, Those are fun to watch, kind of now predicting those. So it'd be interesting to see if we're right on some of our predictions, some of our reactions early on here to some of the main characters. I'm bad at making predictions, so I kind of stopped after that E3. I don't know, man. I feel like that we've E3 was rough for you. I think I think we've got some coverage in there somewhere. Yeah. We just needed Seth to come by and predict Rogue One. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, that being said, I, I think we'll wrap things up here. Any any final thoughts before we want to jettison this podcast off here? What? No twenty questions between you and me. No, <laughs> I got I got no twenty questions that's for, all right. for this episode. That's all <laughs> Broke right. Broke the record last episode though. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, uh, we got uh, six in. Uh, we get the answer in six questions. Wow, which is really good. So. I'll have to make it harder. I'll make it a Rogue One special next time. Be fun. <laughs> I, we, I can't wait for our spoiler cast. Uh, look out for that. Um, yep, I yep. think probably I'm actually gonna... later this week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. we're we'll run up we're to the holidays. Here. We'll also run up to the holidays, and that's going to be tricky. But uh, lots of coverage. I think you can keep an eye out too. Um, I might be running a review for this book. Uh, we're going to try to do kind of a Star Wars book series. Uh, reviews. I know you've got Lost Stars already taken care of. Yep, I, I reviewed uh, Lost Stars and also Bloodline, both by Claudia Gray. Okay, which she liked on Twitter, and I didn't Ooh. tag her. I was like, oh, Claudia! Oh. Maybe I'll, t- I'll tweet out uh, James. James, <laughs> let him know about the Just Desert. Uh, yes. <laughs> I hope that was a pun. Uh, but uh, we'll yeah, call it the Beta Claws. I think yeah, the Beta Claws. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this movie. It's Absolutely. Gonna be, it's going to be a lot of fun. and uh, Can't wait. Yeah? Can't wait. You know me. I'm excited. I'm wearing my, my Darth Vader Christmas sweater here right now. I know. It was very... I'm talking about the Empire, and I'm looking <laughs> at the symbol of Darth Vader staring at me. I'm like, why do I feel like tighter on my collar? It's all Vader and Snowflake, folks. <laughs> <laughs> as, right. as always. So you can check us out at thegeekiverse.com. Visit us on all our social media. We'd love to engage with you in conversation. Especially on Meetomo. That. That's our big one. Meetomo. <laughs> if you still have it. What's sad is Lauren, my wife, was super obsessed with it. She deleted it the other day. I no. kind of felt like that was the end of Meetomo. Do, you know, do you know what's coming back? I make it come back. It's going to do the... Uh, this is way off of it. The Super Mario run. Yeah. That's going to be huge. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. That's the next wave of Pokemon Go. is kind of... You know, it's phasing out. It, this is going to be unbelievably huge. They're going to be getting this it. is uh, not free, by the way. This one $10. is paid, so uh, Nintendo's going to make some nice. But you can challenge uh, each other. That's going to be fun. Anyway, that's true. I, I'm into that. I'm very interested to try this that. Is gonna be, this is going to be cool. How about that Mario that you can play on your iPhone for, let's say, you know, like that's it's crazy. But times are changing. That's right. Seriously, Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> Star Wars. Uh, you can visit us uh, Twitter. Uh, we are Twitter and Instagram. At the underscore Geekiverse, Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse, YouTube.com slash the Geekiverse. Go to uh, our web store. This month only, uh, you can get some great specials on some of our sales uh, for our T-shirts. Uh, the interesting thing here is every uh, from every sale, we are going to donate the proceeds to Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, so if it's a gift for someone or, or you're just donating for the cause, please do, because we are going to give away 100% of that right to Make-A-Wish. Uh, which is a good cause, obviously. Yeah, It'll be uh, a force for change. That's right. That's right. A force <laughs> for change, folks. Uh, so we're super. Except ex- not force for change. 
but not the actual force for change uh, charity. Maybe uh, maybe next month we'll do that. That'd but, be uh, great. We're uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, Jeff, where can we find you uh, on Twitter? Uh, Jeff D and on on uh, on brand underscore beta. <laughs> <laughs> the underscore brand. Got to keep yeah, it live. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, keep an eye out there. I'll do all kinds of Star Wars coverage, cat pictures, you know, the like. The best. The best stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, keep an eye out on the Geekiverse for maybe a review for me for this book. And uh, yeah. I'll have our official Rogue One um, review, by the way, this coming Friday. Nice. Um, when are you seeing it again? Uh, I'll be seeing it Thursday night and Friday night. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'll have time to digest that twice, but I'm going to write the review uh, Friday morning. Yeah, I was going to say when you're writing Late. your review, when early. you're early, yeah, when I'm uh, when you're reading your review, uh, I will be watching the movie. When I my eyes are bloodshot and I'm ready to go to bed, Beta's going to be just seeing this. Just uh, seeing we're it. excited. So we'll have our Rogue One uh, spoiler cast. Do not listen to that until you have seen the movie. I know that sounds funny to say, but trust me, you would be surprised. <laughs> uh, I am at Josiah D. Leroy on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We're, again, for the thousandth time, super excited for this movie. We appreciate you. We'll see you soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye.